Hello, race fans. Welcome to another edition of our USF Pro Insider. My name is Rob Howden, the voice of the USF Pro Championships, presented by Cooper Tires. This is episode number 54. It is a Thursday, July the 20th, just a couple days on from the Honda Indy Toronto, the only stop north of the border for the latter program that leads to the NTT Indy Car Series. Joining me on the podcast today, uh, a fantastic one for sure. A young driver who has been very impressive here in 2023, uh, Evagoras Papasavas from J. Howard Driver Development, a race winner on the season right now. Evagoras, uh, first off, thank you for taking some time. I know we have a bit of a break now until you guys get back at it in USF 2000 in Portland, a long break, an agonizing break for you drivers for sure. But hey, thanks for taking the time to talk to me. Yeah, of course. I love it on here. Uh, first off, are you going to at least get some testing in between now and then? Um, hopefully, uh, I really hope so. Just to keep driving, uh, you know, stay, stay in that flow, stay in that rhythm. That's it. But, um, really, uh, other than that, it's really just, just driving on the sim. Um, just practicing, you know, I'm already, I'm already doing laps for Portland on the sim, even though it's all the way down in September. Yeah. So I'm just really eager to, to get racing again. So let me set the stage for Evagoras, folks, if you're new to the, the program or uh, obviously maybe new to the USF Pro Championships, which again was the program formerly known as the Road to Indy, now USF Pro Championships. Still the same focus, still the same goals to get these drivers prepared to move up into the Indy Next Series and eventually into the NT, NTT IndyCar Series. Uh, Evagoras out of Loveland, Washington, though originally from uh, uh, Pacific Northwest up in Kirkland, Washington, 15 years of age, and although... Uh, coming into the season without the little R beside his name on the results, uh, as he did do four weekends last year. Not a, not an official rookie, but he's never run a full season in the series as well. And, man, it, it's it's been a great season. Uh, Evagoras, coming out of the gate, uh, you were strong, like right out of the gate at uh, St. Petersburg. I think that kind of surprised a bunch of people. Jay Howard looking very good. Of course, your teammate Lockie Hughes took the early lead in the points, uh, winning four races over the first four weekends. But you were right there as well. And let me just set the stage a little bit here right now. On the season so far, five podiums, uh, St. Pete, Sebring, second on the Oval at IRP, which I think was huge for you, and a couple of podiums at your breakout weekend at Mid-Ohio. You had that victory at Mid-Ohio, as I said. You're currently fifth in points, 103 behind the big dog Simon Sykes right now. But overall, when you look back, before we kind of go into little bits of it, overall, are you pretty happy with the way the season's gone so far? Yeah, uh, I'm pretty happy with it. Um, you know, currently sitting fifth in the championship. Um, yeah, I didn't do a full year last year, so it's uh, I didn't have the uh, the experience of the drivers who did the full year. So I think overall, to get my first win in this uh, in this season, my first full season, I'm pretty happy with how it's going. You know, I've been constantly in the top ten and the top five. Um, so yeah, I think overall it's going pretty good. Pretty happy with it, and I'm just looking to carry this momentum to the last race of the season. Indeed, only two finishes outside the top 10 all year long. It's been a really consistent season for you, for sure. Let's lay some of the background down for for, uh, for those of you who don't know. You know, started karting back in 2016, and like so many of the young drivers, kind of working your way up through the ranks. You ran in Ohio in your home state. You did some racing at Newcastle Motorsports Park in the KRA Series. I first met you when you were racing with uh, Sean Bale of the team at Trinity Karting Group, which I thought was good. You, you you did well on the club level. You did well on the regional level. You know you were you were a champion in the Stars Championship Series in the Mini Swift class. So you have some accolades. You got some records. Let's talk about what happened at the Supernats. So the reason why you missed uh, the first half of the season in 2022 was a big wreck at the Supercars USA Supernationals at the end of the season in Las Vegas. That annual event. Uh, you had a, had a pretty big wreck right in front of me while I was announcing it. 
Uh, let's talk about the wreck a little bit. You got hammered into the wall, but the key was that you actually had some issues that you had to get handled uh, medically before you were able to get back on the track. Yeah, so it was really, you know, at that track and at, a, at an event like the, the Supernets with like tons, like 50, 60 carts every, uh, every class, you get tons of rubber on the track and a bunch of marbles on the track, all that dirty, uh, loose rubber. So uh, I just got, you know, and in when you're fighting someone, it's especially at a level like that, like you, you, you don't give them anything. There's like, it's, it's really uh, like bumper to bumper. And in go-karts, sometimes it's bumper on top of bumper. <laughs> but um, so I just, I, I got pushed out into the marbles uh, in one of the fastest uh, corners of the track. And then, you know, I hit, I hit the wall, the, the barrier, those plastic barriers, but that, that wasn't the issue. You know, I hit the wall that I was fine. It was just, there was like, there was like another cart behind me, uh, came at me and hit my rear bumper. Uh, and I, and you know, we don't have any seatbelts in go-karts. So I just, I went flying out the go-kart and landed right on a, actually I'm, I was unconscious through the flight. So, uh, it was, I think I probably hit the, uh, like I remember waking up on a barrier, so uh, I was yeah, one was, of the first guys. I was one of the first guys to you running out of my announcer's yeah, tower, and you kind of yeah. you were pirouetting over top of the uh, over top of the um, uh, the plastic uh, highway barrier. So yeah, it was it was pretty wild. There's no doubt about that. One of the wilder yeah, ones I've seen. Yeah, for sure. So um, you know, but after that, uh, we went we went to the um, the the hospital in Vegas to get a little checkup. Um, now, then the big question was whether, because this, this accident happened on the Saturday. So the big question was whether or not I compete on Sunday. Yeah. Now, I, I already, I didn't, I, I was quick enough to compete on Sunday in the final, uh, the final few drivers, yep. but it was just a matter of safety. And really the biggest thing um, that the reason why I was able to compete is actually right after Vegas. I was I had a test down in Barber Motorsports Park okay. uh, in the USF 2000. So I had all of my my other racing gear with me, my other racing gear. So I was able to compete, but I was using my my helmet that I use for USF 2000. Yeah. Now, if I didn't have that test down there, then obviously we wouldn't have packed our, our bags and stuff for that event. So I wouldn't have been able to compete whether or not I was feeling ready for it. But, you know, I... And that weekend before that, it wasn't going to, uh, super well for me. So I, I was just like, I have to compete in this race. I have to get at least something in it. So, you know, I competed in the race. Uh, we, we came back home. Uh, and it was about two weeks after maybe. I woke up one morning and it was just super like nauseous and everything like that. I think, you know, it was just big medical problems. So we got it checked out and we needed... Uh, surgery because uh, I had some like some some fluid uh, in in the in my brain um, so yeah we got that surgery so the accident happened in December of 2021 got the surgery in I think February the first like week of February in 2022 okay. uh, yeah and then it was just a healing process all the way up until my first race in Road America so I'm sure you must have been pretty frustrated and getting a little impatient, right? You've got this, you're moving out of cars, you've got this program signed, you've already tested with Jay Howard driver development, you're all jacked up, you're going to go USF 2000 racing for the first time, and you got to sit on the couch, right, until you get to Road America. That, uh, I'm sure, would have been a little bit frustrating for you, all told, right? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's the way, um, just, you know, watching, like, all my teammates 
uh race and stuff and just knowing that you could have been on there yeah um yeah it's just it's really frustrating especially when you miss out on something that you love and even in a junior category like this where like even if you're young time is still so vital because you you it's very urgent still to get up to the indycar level it doesn't matter how old you are right you still need to go up the ranks you know there's like a schedule for it yeah yeah, for sure. I'm sure you guys have a calendar, a schedule that you want to keep to. Now, let's look back at last year. You did four weekends. You did Road America, Mid-Ohio, Toronto, and Portland. Uh, your best finish, again, ended up being uh, 11th in Toronto, but you had qualified better, and I think that's really interesting because let's, you know, we'll jump a bit back into the start of the season this year, but, you know, when you and I talked about you going into Toronto this weekend, you were super excited, especially when we talked at Mid-Ohio after your win. You had the momentum, the you know, the success, so you got some confidence, but you were going back to a place that you – knew you felt very comfortable on that was the streets of toronto as you rolled into that weekend eventually you did roll out well you qualified p1 in race one and second race number two did everything come together in terms of the success at mid ohio to give you what would have been what could have been a really really strong toronto even though it didn't play out exactly like you wanted you were you were a factor all weekend long yeah um i think mid ohio was just really good to have that extra confidence uh, you know because once you're a race winner you get that confidence of knowing that okay now i have the pace to compete at the front and i know i can win um but yeah i mean i i showed the pace in in toronto p1 in the first practice and like you said p1 and p2 in qualifying but i think one of the biggest factors in the race was just the weather on yeah. both days you know we started uh it was we started on rain tires um just in the lead swapping between first and second and um and then everyone behind us uh, started pitting for slick tires. So, you know, at that point when the track's drying, the rain tires just no. it doesn't matter how good of a driver you are, the rain tires just don't, they they cannot match up to the slick tires on a drying track. And how do you pit from the lead? You know, Avogars, yeah, I, yeah. I'm calling it, right? We had the Juven Sooner Murthy in the booth with us. And he's like, guys, I'm telling you, this thing's going to go dry immediately. Watch for guys to come in. Uh, on the opening lap. And I know that lo the, the guys at the wall were like, come on in, pit, pit. And all these drivers, like a Simon Sykes, are like, no, I'm not ready. I'm not ready. Come in anyways. And they came in, and Simon was one of the many drivers that were able to to, uh, to leverage that. You guys, it's always hard to be the first guy to make the move, right? You and I can't remember who it was, was up in front of you. You guys are leading the race. So what do you do, right? Like, do you come in? Do you stay out? As the leader, you decided to stay out. You eventually came in, and you fought your fight way back to six, which I thought was tremendous. And then, of course, the next race we have uh, for you guys is full wet, right? You were you weren't on a on a drying track at all. Uh, how what was it like driving that track in the rain? A seventh place finish overall. I can't remember exactly what happened off the top of my head for you to drop from from P two if there was contact or not. But you end up finishing in seventh. What happened in that race? The second race in Toronto. So the second race in Toronto uh, in the wet, I had I had the pace. Uh, you know, I dropped back down uh, after the first lap, and I was able to fight my way back up. But, you know, on the first lap going into the first corner, I was starting second. So that's right. <laughs> it was I was I was one of the uh, one of the first cars into the corner. And when it's raining like that, especially on a street course with all the paint of uh, lanes, crosswalks, all of that. So, you know, going into the corner, went in really deep into the corner. I really wanted to get that first place um, by the uh, like, you know, tried to get it the first lap, yep. uh, which is not always the smartest decision. But, you know, we were watching the onboard uh, and everything seemed fine until I hit the paint. Right when I got on the paint, both front tires just locked up and just I, I slid out uh, and hit the wall. 
you know, I hit the wall and there was actually, uh, there was just a little bit of damage, okay. but as I was doing the rest of the laps, it was, the car felt fine. So I was able to just continue and just keep driving. Yeah, I know so, when, yeah. when I when, when I came back, you have a to talk to you about that. I know you were super down, but we, we had saw it the day before, right? In the wet weather race when they had when they went to Wets in USF Pro 2000, when the first guy on the restart coming down to turn three was Miles Rowe, right? He's the first guy into the corner. Nobody knows what the grip levels are going to be like. So he's the first guy in there. Dear Lando was kind of able to check up, uh, you know, understanding that hey, let him do it first. Miles went off, you know, there's a point leader going off. It can happen to anybody drives off, gets back on and the Orlando coming through for the win. And the same thing happened with you. The, the pole sitter was able to get through to the inside. You're trying to deep them in there. And again, like you said, you got on the paint and, and the thing just pushed off and locked the fronts essentially. And you were done nonetheless. So, so you come back and again, you know, you've changed things around in your program when sixth and seventh are horrible results. You're not happy, right? Cause you expect now to win all your races. Let's now go before we fast forward, let's rewind to the start of the season. And you get four races in last year. Was the offseason really strong in terms of testing? Did you feel really good rolling out when you when you guys got going in St. Petersburg? Because you hit the track running and were super good from the very start of the season. Yeah, I think I think the offseason was really the the pivotal point in my pace and my experience as a driver. Um, you know, after Portland. Uh, had some decent results there. I don't quite remember what it was, but um, I think it was really just after Portland, all that off-season testing was really the point where we felt that we had the pace to compete for the yeah. season. We did, um, I believe that probably all of our uh, testing in the off-season was done at Sebring International Raceway because there it's just, you know, it's winter, there's really nowhere else to go. So we went to Sebring and so it was just, it was very strong. Testing there, felt very confident in the car now. Uh, and then when I went to St. Petersburg, I knew that I, I really like street courses just in general, as I did Toronto my yep. very first year. So I just felt really strong in St. Petersburg, uh, put in a couple good results there. And yeah, I think the offseason was just super important for us to just get that confidence and all that seat time, like hundreds and hundreds of laps. What I find very interesting with you as well is the fact that coming out of the gate, you know, your teammate Lockie Hughes was kind of, let's call him the de facto number one driver on the team, right? He comes in with the championship from F4. He got four wins over the first half of the season at four different venues to start things off. So here's Lockie leading the points. You're back there scrapping out, getting good points as well. It feels to me like there's been a shift where there's no longer a, a number one driver there right now. You know what I mean? You've stepped up to the point where you're over the last couple of races, you're the one that's gained the most points. Uh, you've had some really good runs. Do you feel that same thing? Did you feel like you were kind of maybe uh, he was the, to a certain extent, the mentor, you were kind of the student with him a little bit learning, you know, whose data you were kind of lean on, leaning off of. Have you felt any kind of a shift or am I off a little bit there? I mean, maybe, maybe a little bit, but it's not much though. I think, I think just most of it comes down to just me getting more experience racing. Um, you know, and it's like the the rate of improvement is really what it's about. Just I've had a pretty nice uh, uh, way of improvement. So I've yeah. just been able to improve a lot more and just get closer to him. So now we can run closer together. Uh, you know, we're still learning off of each other, but it's like it's uh, it's very, very close, like hundreds of a second between like both it. of us. So it's just it's it's very tight between us. And I think both of us together, uh, it's a really good duo. So obviously great out of the, out of the gate at St. Petersburg. 
Uh, we're coming off a big weekend, a couple of big weekends. Obviously, your first win at Mid Ohio was was so huge for you, and then you capped it. You know, overall, just a great weekend at Mid Ohio. Uh, then you have a good run. You qualify in the front row for both races at Toronto. You get a couple of top sevens uh, after some issues, as we talked about. Uh, but let's go back to IRP. Let's go back to the Freedom Seventy Five. And I always, I, I'm always interested to see which drivers are comfortable on the oval. It's a tough racetrack, as we know. You run the wall all the way around. You end up finishing P2 behind Matt Clark. Over, like, Were you surprised, number one? And are you comfortable on the oval? That's one of the things some drivers aren't. And it's a crucial part of being an IndyCar driver, being able to run the oval. Uh, how did you feel at IRP? And, and give me your thoughts on the result. Yeah, so IRP, we did do a test there before then. Yep. Um, and it was, it, it was, it was, I think that, that test was very vital to, to get that first initial experience. Uh, to doing an oval because before then I have not done an oval ever. So it's completely different. Yep. And, uh, you know, it's like not, not a single thing is the same with the car. Like, you know, your the setup's completely different to where if you look closely, the tires are like this. Um, yeah, they're 100% chambered over. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, it's, but, you know, I think I did feel pretty comfortable there at the oval. Uh, just having, I think it just comes down to because it's only a 20 second lap time you put in a lot of laps. So you can you can put in a lot of laps in a very short amount of time. True. So I think for me, being able to get all those laps and learn every single lap is just very, very important. Um, I think it's uh it's very it was it was very important to get that test. And then we went racing there and you know the practice sessions, driving behind traffic, uh, that that was a big thing. And even in the race as well, just driving behind traffic is a very big thing. And it's even more on the oval than on the road courses because it's almost like you're constantly turning. So you're constantly relying on the, the front wing, the downforce coming from the front wing. A couple of things. Number one, 100% focus, which is one thing I, I always kind of lean to. There, there's never a chance to break. It's not like at Road America where you come out of turn three, you take a deep breath, you, know, you get the hands off the wheel a little bit, and you kind of reset before you run down to five. It's just a hundred for, for 75 laps, 100% concentration. Did you do any specific working out? I know, I know all you drivers hit the gym and are pretty, you know, pretty dedicated to your workouts. Did you do any particular, any more work on the neck potentially for the oval? Um, so I do, I do work with pit fit along with a bunch of other drivers in our series. So, and pit fit, they, they have specific workouts. Yeah. I think maybe a, a few things were changed for the oval uh, just because you're almost, you're, you're basically holding the weight there the, the entire time yeah. sideways like this. Um, and I also have uh, a sponsor of mine, Airs Elite Sports Vision. Uh, they do a lot of like reaction training and that as well. So I've been doing and I've been doing that since since I started in go-karting. Okay. So I think that's that was quite important for me at there because like you said, you don't have a chance to to rest. So you have to be hundred percent for those 75 laps the the entire time. You're not alone in the car either. What 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 are your thoughts on getting all that information from the spotter? throughout the entire run. I know that the, the spotter's on the radio with you. Who, who did you have as your spotter? Do you remember? Uh, so my spotter, I had Tony Donahue, okay. who uh, he did. Um, I think he's done some some spotting with IndyCar uh, here and there. Fellow so, journalist, you know, too. He's a journalist. Yeah, he's a, he knows the yeah. sport, for sure. That's great. <laughs> yeah, so um, I've done uh, – I think it's very important to have a good relationship with them. Agreed. Um, you know, they're, they're in your ear for the full 75 laps. And I, I do like the information that you get on ovals. Um, and really, at, in that race, 
uh, I was kind of following Clark around. And then once we got to traffic, we were kind of both weaving in and out of traffic. So it's very important to, uh, to have a spotter, especially when you're going through traffic to lose the less amount of time, the least amount of time as possible. So let's talk about Jay Howard driver development. You've been with them essentially since 2021, late that year, as you said, you did a bunch of testing for them coming into the 2022 season, half a season racing with them. Now, of course, into your uh, getting ready to cap off your first full season of USF 2000. What's uh, what's it like working with uh, Jay Howard? Is he a bit of a hard ass on you guys? How does he, how does he work on you guys? No. Yeah. I think at times you have to be, especially (laughs) in in a series like this. But yeah, I, I just, I really love the team, all the mechanics, uh, the, all the race engineers, uh, Jay Howard, you know, everyone, uh, I, I feel like I fit in really well there. Uh, you know, I haven't done, I haven't driven with any other team. I first started with them testing, um, like, like we said, and then I did my half season and now my first full season. So, you know, I, I have a lot of time with the seat, with the team. I know a lot of people there. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it's, I feel very comfortable and they have, and even with the driver coaching as well, I'm able to to listen to them and um, to I feel very comfortable like uh, changing changing my driving again uh, in the car. So it's just it's it's a very good environment overall, and I feel very comfortable with them. Overall, as a team, you guys have all kind of dialed things in. We knew Lockie, of course, came out of this the gate winning a bunch of races. Uh, you kept getting better, were able to to win races as well, a bunch of podiums. Even your teammate Al Mori, he's become kind of a regular top ten guy. So there's lots of really quality data coming in from the three of you guys. Plus, you bring in a guy like Logan Adams, who had a pretty good run on the weekend as well. Uh, a fellow Carter, as you know, his family owns Newcastle Motorsports Park. So a lot of data. Uh, for you guys, did you find that? Are your debriefs pretty smooth in terms of you guys being on the same page? Yeah, yeah, it's pretty smooth, and especially between me and Lockie, uh, you know, it's very close, and it, you can you can see that everything is like I said before, just within hundreds of a second, because um, you get to a point where it's kind of like the you know you improve the most the first few laps, uh, the first the first session, first practice session is where you see the most diversity in the lap times. And then as you get down, like, for example, race two, it was all very close because everyone had the same amount of track time on there on the uh, on the track. So I, I think overall we have a bunch of good drivers, um, especially Al Mori and Logan Adams, who are uh, coming up now, yeah. uh, just like I did, um, you know, having solid top 10 finishes regularly. And Lockie and I as well, who are finishing in the top three and the top five. So I think overall we're a really good team in general. Um, and I think... Uh, you know, it's it's really strong. I'm just really happy with uh, everyone and how everything is going. So, yeah. Let's back out of the racing for a bit. We'll come back to it in just a couple of seconds. Let's have a little more fun here. I always like to ask you kids, you know, what 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 do you like, like on the race weekends, what do you like to eat? Are you like, when you're driving down the road going to the track, are you like a McDonald's guy? Or do you like to eat a little better? Are you part of this Chipotle crew that everybody wants Chipotle on the road? What's, what's your go-to when you guys are driving down the road? Let's say, you know, fast food kind of thing. So, um, you know, we drive to Wisconsin, we drive yeah. to mid Ohio and we drive to Toronto. It's so about like, it's an stop? eight hour. Yeah. It's an eight hour drive to Toronto. And my, my sister and my mom comes along with me, uh, as, as long as, uh, with my dad. So well, it's all of us together and we even bring the dog as well. I know you do. So, said, uh, listen, your, your, your dog's the only one we've had in like victory lane pictures. Recently, yeah. Yeah. So he's yeah. there. What's your dog's yeah. name again? Kobe. Colby, there you go. <laughs> yeah, so um, you know, and it's 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 really my my sister because we go 
we go and she says, oh, you know, we have to get Chick-fil-A. So it's really, it's, it's Chick-fil-A a lot. So, so she makes the call. Yeah, it's Chick-fil-A a lot. But when it's just my dad and I, we, we go for we, – we're part of the Chipotle crew. We, oh, we go you are? With, yeah, yeah. We go, we go through Chipotle. But recently, like at Road America, for example, uh, in Toronto, we stopped at Chick-fil-A because of my sister. You know, she really wanted it. So. All right. I think it should be the USF Pro Championships presented by Chipotle, the way you guys go out of town. I'm <laughs> yeah. telling you, the amount of money we this, this pad expends on Chipotle is ridiculous. Now, listen – Let's say you're trackside. So are, uh, are, like you were in Toronto, right? Some people like to go sushi. Some people like to try to find in, uh, Italian. Some guys like steak. What's, what's, what's your dinner? What kind of a guy are you, are you for dinner? Can you cook, by the way? At all? Some things. Not, like, not much. You rely but, on mom, uh, don't you? <laughs> my, my sister does a lot of – like she loves to bake. So oh, wow, it's, right. it's, it's a lot of that. Um, okay. <laughs> but when I'm, when I'm racing at the race weekends, um, it's uh, – so – Back in uh, Sebring uh, for the preseason testing, yeah. we stopped at a at a restaurant, and then you know everything went fine. And then afterwards, I wasn't feeling very well, so Uh-oh. I think I probably probably got food poisoning. Oh, so no. ever so yeah, I wasn't able to compete in preseason testing much because of food so, poisoning. Yes, because of food poisoning. Wow. Yeah. So ever since then, through the entire season, I've been very very careful of what I'm eating. Wow. Okay. You know, nothing too crazy. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's just been very, very careful, a little bit of this and that. Um, there's a nutritionist at Pit Fit says that chicken and fish is really good. Yeah. Uh, so I've been doing a lot more of that. Uh, so yeah, I've just been really careful doing chicken, fish, that kind of stuff. So you're doubling down the protein. Good man. Yeah. All right. I can live with that. All right. Let's, uh, that's good. That's good stuff. All right. So let's move forward here a little bit. Uh, obviously one of the great things we've had throughout the season so far, we'll close, get close to wrapping this up. At Toronto, the race fans of Agoras, amazing, right? Just they they obviously, you know, Free Friday was huge fan Friday. Everybody's, you know, everybody's into the racing. They love it. It was a huge event. What did you think of the autograph session? Because I know we've had a couple of we've had some we get a lot a certain amount of people. Toronto was packed in that autograph session. Did you have some fun at that? I know we had a great one at St. Petersburg as well. Yeah, uh, I think St. Petersburg is always because it's the first race of the season. Yep. So everyone goes there. I think St. Petersburg is always is is always a big one and is always going to be a big one but toronto as well you know the people the fans in canada and toronto uh they're just so they they just love the sport so much so i think uh, and they don't they don't only go to the indycar autograph session now i was walking past that area when they were doing the indycar autograph session yeah and i swear the line was probably the length of the track it was like, it was huge, and there were people. Us, there were people lining up for IndyCar when we were doing our ours, and like yes, it was yeah. an hour later, right? Yeah, Amazing. yeah. So you know, and even even for us as well, um, I'm running low on the little autograph cards, so I'm oh, yeah. probably going to need to get more before Portland. But yeah, I mean, it's it was just so much, and I love it that way. You know, have all those fans there to socialize with. It's it's great. Let's talk about Portland. Let's wrap things up right now. You've had a great season, as I said before. You're rolling here, uh, sitting fifth in points right now with an opportunity of battling your way up into the top three. Really, you can probably get to second in points. Uh, what's your, what are your goals going to Portland? You've got to win in, in, in mid-Ohio. The championship's out of the reach now that uh, Sykes is up by, by 103. Is the idea to go in there, win three races, to put a bookend on this thing? Yeah, of course. It's going to be to win as much as possible. Uh, yeah, and going into, you know, fifth in the championship. Um, yeah, I think it's really it's really up to the rest of us now from second down to fifth. So I think it's really, for me, it's just to win win all those races, 
do as best I can, uh, you know, put in the best performances I can, God willing that he lets me do this. And, um, yeah, just put in the best performance that I can get at maximum points. Um, and yeah, smooth weekend with, uh, almost like mid Ohio, just get podium after podium after podium and maybe a win here and there. So there you go. There yeah. you go. What's the plan for 2024? Do you know yet? Do you come back to USF 2000 to go for the championship? Or are you guys trying to put together a program to move up to pro next year? You know, I think really 2024 all comes down to Portland yeah. with, with this, this last, this last event. So it's going to be a lot of pressure, but you know, I, I, I believe that I can handle it. Uh, we'll, we'll see, but um, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of pressure. Uh, I'm going to work very hard, uh, you know, put in a very strong, because the champion championship positions are very much still alive. A lot could change. Um, and I remember last year, it was like that a lot as well. Uh, so yeah, I think um, we'll, we'll see. Anything can happen in Portland. And uh, I don't know exactly anything now, but but we'll see after Portland. Well, Vagoras, I'll tell you right now, you've been a revelation on the season. Half a year last year, I, you know, I, I kind of set an expectation myself where I thought you would kind of slot in, but you met those expectations and got better and better throughout the season. And you know you're doing that when every time I go to a racetrack, the media or the uh, the track announcers asking me to pronounce your last name because they want to know how to do it because they know that we're going to be saying it all weekend long. That's how good you've been on the season. To do this, I know it takes a lot of sponsors. Let me give you the opportunity to kind of roll up the people that make this happen for you. Yeah, so just want to thank my sponsors, uh, BodyWise, um, International, Tiger Natural Gas, Gutswear Racing, Epsilon Investments, Mavromatis Paris. Um, we have uh, Adigoris Enterprises, um, HLB Investments, uh, Airs Elite Sports Vision, uh, and just everyone else who, who helps me and uh, pushes me to my, to my best and to help me perform on track. Uh, how about social media? How do they follow you on social? Because again, this is, we always talk about the fact that you guys are the future stars of IndyCar just a couple years ago. You were Renus VK, Cal Kirkwood, right? David Malukas, all these guys running in USF 2000. What are your social media handles? Social, so social media, it's it's my name, Evagoras71, all lowercase, for Instagram and Facebook, I believe. Yep. Uh, and I think it's actually the same for Twitter as well. So Evagoras71, for uh, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And then I also have a website as well, evagorisracing.com. Perfect. Now, one last thing to cap things off. All year long, you know, we we, ha we have the flags in our collection that, that, that winners get to wear, right, uh, at the Victory Lane. If anybody's seen all the pictures, if you're an American, you wear an American flag, uh, Canada, whatever it may be. You wore the American flag, but we took two pictures as well. What's we had to get a new flag. What, what, what was the flag that uh, – tell us about the, the secondary flag you, you used on Victory Lane at Mid-Ohio. So uh, it's, uh, it's Cyprus. It's a, it's it. a little, little Greek Medi uh, island in the Mediterranean, and that's where my dad was born. Uh, he, all his childhood was there. Uh, then for school, he moved here to the U.S. So, and I have – all my family is over there still in Cyprus. They all support me over there. Um, I'm on, I'm on like uh Cyprus national news over there. So <laughs> it's, it's so a big funny. thing over there. I just, I love all my family over there and I'm really proud to represent their flag. Evagoras, you've done that. My friend, you've represented everybody, your team, your family, your countries, uh, uh, very, very well. I appreciate you joining me, man. Again, I know it's a long run here right now. We're at, at the end of July. You guys got to wait till Labor Day weekend. I hope you get a little bit of testing in. get on that sim, man. Keep working hard. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Thanks for joining me, man. Yeah, thank you so much. 
Evagoras Papasavas, ladies and gentlemen, one of the rising stars in the USF Pro Championships presented by Cooper Tires. Strong out of the gate this season. Uh, breakthrough weekend at the Mid-Ohio Sports Car Course. Uh, got that victory at the Cypress and the American flag uh, up on victory lane, up on the top of the podium for sure. So a great job for the young driver. Out of Loveland, Ohio, just 15 years of age and gunning for a top three position in the points. We head to Portland for the season finale on Labor Day weekend. Lots more uh, podcasts to come, folks. I have uh, one already lined up with Hudson Schwartz. A couple other ones coming next week. I'm going to get busy into this next off, a uh, little bit of a break here and knock out a bunch of podcasts for you. A lot of drivers I want to chat with about their 2023 seasons. And of course, now that we're into the second half of the year, their plans for 2024, which uh, is looking right now to be absolutely fabulous on all three levels of this USF Pro Championship. So again, thank you so much for tuning in, folks. Big thank you to Evagoras Papasavas for joining me. And again, this wraps up episode 54 of the USF Pro Insider. My name's Rob Howden. Bye for now.